Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. The book of Nehemiah is a favorite among many pastors and preachers as a source of encouragement to the church in general. It is known for some of the most classic remembered statements within this book things like the people had a mind to work and then the other one that I thought about as I began to look at this is I'm doing a great work and I can't come down but the book is less known for its aspect of worship inspired by the word of God before we look at the background, let me let you know that uh, this won't be a 20-minute sermon today. It might be 32. <laughs> also, that I'm going to be using quite a bit of God's Word today. And my prayer is that if you don't have your iPad, your phone, your Android, or whatever you use, or very seldom people have paper Bibles anymore, you read along with me. If they're on the screen, then look and read along with me at that. But the text, of our, the text of our background, of our text rather, is the completion of the wall and the setting of the security gates around the city of Jerusalem. The returning Jews of Jerusalem after seven years, 70 years of Babylonian exile could lastly, safely occupy the lands of their ancestors. This was not only a reconstruction of the city, but a revival of the Jewish nation. Nehemiah, the cupbearer, was called to be the architect of this reconstructing project. He was assisted by Ezra the priest in this successful rebuilding project. Now Ezra had his own book and he writes his own account in the book of Ezra and revealed that when Ezra who first came to Jerusalem found that the moral and spiritual condition was shameful. Much like our nation is today. But Ezra began to teach the word of God. And the people began to respond and obey. But then came, as the devil will often do, opposition. I don't know if it was Jeff or whether it was Xavier that talked about the new, the, the, this situation when we did it in faith development. But two names come to mind. Sam Ballot. And the Arabian, I can't think of the other guy's name, but they came and said things like, what y'all trying to do, build this wall, even the fox come on it, it's going to fall. I want to just throw this out there. Whenever the word of God is being taught, 
And whenever people begin to respond to the word of God, opposition is going to always raise up. Some of you may, men today may make up your mind that you're going to come to the faith development for the first time. Or you're going to get involved in men's ministry. I guarantee you opposition is going to come up. And this opposition at the time of our text not only hampered the physical reconstruction of the wall, but it also hampered the spiritual revival of the people. This caused years, and I think if I'm not, don't remember the exact years, I'm going to say 13 years delay when Nehemiah heard of the problem. Asking the king, could he go and help out, and he did. And amazingly, this project that had been delayed for years was completed in 52 days. You ought to say, wow. So it was time to celebrate. However, in spite of all their accomplishment of the physical resurrection, of the physical reconstruction, there still was something special that needed to be done for the spiritual revival to continue. And that was the reestablishment of the priority of the word of God. And we have to ask ourselves a question today, man. Where we place the word of God? Where it is in our life for a source of authority now? Do we listening, or are we listening, uh, reading Dr. Spock or some other authority about how to raise our children? Or are we looking at the word of God? Are we, are we, taking the words of somebody's dissertation who don't have children on how to raise our own because they got a PhD behind their name. The timing was perfect. It was time of a holy feast called the Feast of Trumpet. The Feast of Trumpet was when they remembered about their coming back from exile of the people coming from away from Gentile land. It was considered maybe the Jewish New Year. It was a solemn day of rest and remembrance of what all God had done for his people. We could call it, if we want to, an Old Testament day of Thanksgiving, only it was more than a day. This revival lasted Almost a month. And I can't get y'all to come three nights. But the people were thankful that the building project had been completed. And they wanted to respond in a special way. For our purpose today and for this message, we want to look at three aspects of the people's response with a lot of little sub-bullets under each one. First, there was a pre-response. It was a pre-response. It's four of those. The first thing that was a pre-response is that 
people had a hunger for the word of God. A hunger for the word of God. Now I want you to focus on that word hunger because when you are hungry, you act. It won't be long for some of y'all be saying, hurry up out today because I'm hungry. Even in our sanctuary where we where we, we, we say there's no food or drink. If the little one began to get restless, if we think they are hungry, we'll stuff a ball in their mouth or some Cheerios somewhere or something because that's what we do when we're hungry. Our first scripture comes from Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 1. And the new King James penned it this way. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. Now the water gate is a place where most people are going to come. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which was commanded, which the Lord commanded Israel. Notice here, they told. It wasn't the preacher that said, y'all come here. They said, preacher, go get the word of God. And the people here had an insatiable need for the word of God and not man's word. They were to hear what the word of God said and not what Dave Wilcoxon had to say. Number two. On the pre-response. And assembling of all who desire to hear the word of God. Notice what verse 2 says. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assemble of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. The first day of this revival. This was a family gathering and I'm thankful for all those that bring the children here. It was men and women. And every child that could understand what was being said. In other words, every child that could talk. It involved the entire community. The third pre-response was reading the word of God. Verse 3. Then he read it. In the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and all who could understand from morning to midday if you look at a Jewish time this may have been from 6 to 12 but just to give you a break let's just say it was 4 plus hours instead of 6 I don't see too many people shouting about that. Some of y'all got real nervous when I said this won't be a 20-minute sermon, didn't you? But I want you to notice that Ezra read directly from the Word of God for four plus hours. Now, the length of time not only showed that the people were patient to hear the Word of God, it also showed that they respected the word of God. And you know what? 
Old saying that how time flies when you're having fun. Probably didn't seem like it was that long to the people. Number four under the pre-response is a willingness to listen with interest. And that's part B of chapter three. It said, and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. In other words, you could hear a pin drop. Everybody was clinging on what's going to be said next. The people listened attentively because they firmly believed that the message was God's revelation. And they wanted to hear what God had to say. The word of God commanded their attention. And this had a domino effect. I want you to kind of just think with me. The word of God captivated their entire being because they were hungry for the word of God. The hunger of the people caused them to assemble to hear the word of God. The assembly was for the purpose of hearing the red word of God. And their desire motivated them to listen with interest of the word of God because they wanted to act on the word of God. All of these factors caused them to respond properly to the word of God, which leads us to the second response. The second response, which is the key of the message, but it won't be where we focus on that, is a proper response to the word of God. I want you to notice these people's response. Verse 5 of chapter 8. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above the people when he opened it. He literally just took the scroll at that time and let them know that it was from the word of God. That's one of the disadvantages of using my iPad or some other media unit that people use because you can put anything on that iPad. Y'all know where I got it. But you assume if I got this out that I'm reading from the Word of God. So what I normally do is I use both. I usually will put this up here so y'all will see that I got the Word of God. And when the people noticed that he had the word of God, he opened up. I want you to notice what they did, because this is the proper response to the word of God. First thing, all the people stood up. This is a symbol of reverence for the word of God. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. This is a sound of praise, which is number two. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen. This is a voice of admiration. I forgot one. They lifted up their hands, which is a sign of submission, surrender. They also bowed their head, which is a Emblem of submission or surrender. And the last thing they did was worship. It's an act of adoration. Our response to the word of God should include all of these plus much more. 
But after a pre-response and a proper response, there ought to be some results from hearing the word of God. Response results. There's seven of them. Illumination and revelation. So they read distinctly from the book of the law of God and gave sense and helped them understand the reading. You really have to understand, these people had come out of 70 years of Babylonian captivity where the language they had was changed. Dr. Dunbar talked this morning, he talked about three names that you probably won't even remember, but you'll know who they are if I call their Babylonian name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the same thing with the name. They did not understand some of the things written in this book. So they had some people who properly, is called expository teaching or preaching, explain the word of God to them. And then they understood it. And the other response was they were convicted and they changed. See, a lot of times when preachers are preaching, people get convicted, but there is no change. They had deep sorrow of heart that caused them to change. Verse 9, Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and Levi taught the people, saying to all of them, this is a holy day to the Lord your God. Do not mourn and weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. Have you ever been so touched by the word of God that your heart was strangely moved or a tear you had to fight back? Or was it just another word that you hear like on the news? It's amazing to me. We'll hear something on television like what we heard about Sutherland, Texas, and we will get all emotional. But when we hear the word of God, something as simple as John 3.16, for God so loved the world, it just goes right over here, don't even touch us, don't bother us. We have to challenge ourselves if we really believe what that meant. That he loved me enough that he gave his son who died for me so I don't have to die. That ought to bring something to somebody sometime. This led to another response. Fellowship Enjoy verse 10. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat. That's the best part. Drink the sweet, and send portions to those who whom nothing is prepared. For this is a holy, this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
And all the people went their way, eating and drinking, to send portions and rejoicing greatly, rejoicing greatly. Why were they so ecstatic? It said, because they understood the word that was declared to them. Again, something so simple. As God loves you, when you really understand that, joy ought to ring out in your soul. Well, I don't know about you, but I ain't been always the most lovable person. For some of y'all still ain't. I was listening to Dunbar's testimony as he was saying in his, in, in his lesson this morning. See, somebody like that can appreciate God's grace. I know he loves Sandra more because I wouldn't have put his clothes outside the door one time. Amen. Let me skip ahead because if you read chapter 9, we're we going to go into that a little bit. We're going to do three verses in that. It tells, uh, it gives a pictorial history of Israel. And that's y'all assignment. Read chapter 9 of Nehemiah. It tells you that over and over, Rollo, that God's people messed up. And over and over when God, when they cried out to God, he forgave them. Over and over again. And these people rejoicing came because they understood that first song that you probably learned as a child about Jesus. Yes, Jesus loved me. See, when you're young, you don't think too much about it because you ain't did nothing wrong. But we need to keep that song in our heart when we mess up. He don't love me because I'm good. I know he loves me because the Bible tells me so. So that was illumination, revelation is the response. Conviction and change, fellowship and joy, but there's also something else. Remembrance and reflection. Verse 14. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths, during the feast of the seventh month. Live in boots. Now some of you can't understand because you're too young. Karen Brooks, I know you and some others may have been raised in rural community. I was raised in Atlanta, but I got 
culture shock when I visit at that time Jonesboro, Georgia was country. And I can remember visibly that the first time I went there and we ate and I had to go to the bathroom to do number two. Some of y'all know, don't you? And I was asked, I got to go to the bathroom, mama. And they pointed me to a little shack out in the back. They call it an outhouse because it's outside. When you think about what these people realize, God told them to go back to the old way so you appreciate the new way. And I really believe that we really reflect on some of the things that we used to have. You got an individual in here who rose from the Lord's position in Macon Transit Authority, Deacon Joseph McElroy Jr., who I guarantee the first time he rode a Macon bus, he sat in the back. But he retired as CEO of Macon Transit Authority. Don't you think that his response is one of gratitude? Look what God has done. But what we have done, we've taken credit for the civil rights movement. We've given deity to Martin Luther King. Don't get me wrong, celebrate if you want to. But he ain't God. He didn't bring me where I am today. Remembering where they came from brought renewal and revival that ended up with a desire to worship. Chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Now on the 24th day of this month, 24 days of revival, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting in sackcloth with the dust on their heads. Then those Israelite lineage, notice, separated themselves from all foreigners. We are so afraid to separate ourselves from worldly influence. We, 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 we want to be politically correct. We don't want to offend nobody. So we will compromise. We call that for the sake of peace when still ain't no peace. Wouldn't you rather have peace with God than peace with your family members? So when you have your Thanksgiving dinner, if nobody at that table bow their head and pray, let it be you. You ain't got to get drunk to celebrate either. Here is a response and results. And they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of the fathers. And they stood in their places and read from the book of the law of the Lord of their God one fourth of the day. 
12-hour day. Now, the people are no longer listening to Ezra read. They are reading now themselves. Tell me how you felt when Darren was reading the response of reading and you recognized that he had to do a declaration of submission as well. There's something large here say, why they got to do both? I'm standing up already. That wasn't even four minutes. We talking about one fourth of the day. They read the book of the law one fourth of the day. And for another fourth, they confessed. And that's why you got to read chapter 9. They confessed. They recognized they were wrong. They recognized the sinfulness of their nature. Sin is not an act. It's an attitude. If you wish you could do it, you're guilty. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sympathetic because there's a lot of people I want to slap too. <laughs> Some of my old members. <laughs> but after they read, you love this case. And after they confess, they worship. They worship. And said they worship the Lord their God. How many minutes was that? Well, I'm closing out now. Because now it's your time. Each and every one of you in here, it's your time to respond to the Word of God. If you do not have a desire to hear the Word of God, you will not assemble to read the word of God or have an interest in listening to the word of God intently. Therefore, you will not respond to the word of God in a proper manner. So, you cannot expect to gain illumination or revelation that leads to conviction and change. There will be no true fellowship or joy and there will be no remembrance and reflection. You see, there is joy in knowing the word of the Lord, but there's even more joy in obedient submission to it. It's time for you to respond. If you accepted God's gracious gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ, your proper response when we come to this altar is to worship. If you have not accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, then you got a choice. But before I sit down, let me read your scripture as Ezra did from the Word of God. John 3.18 He who believes in me is not condemned. 
But he who does not believe is condemned already. You ain't got to do nothing. You're already condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What are you to believe about Jesus? Let me read this last scripture. John 14 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. According to the very words of Jesus, there is no other way. Therefore, your proper response is to confess and believe. So I'm asking you, what would be your response today? Will it be a proper response or rejection? You'll stand with me now. If you're not saved, your proper response is going to be this prayer that we are going to repeat. And I ask you, saints of God, to read it with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. Thank you for your promise of mercy, pardon, and eternal life. I acknowledge my sins, shortcoming, and faith. I ask for forgiveness and would like to receive Jesus as my Savior today, right now. And these ministers stand before you right now. They are here to counsel. If you prayed that prayer and you want to publicly acknowledge it, you ain't got to do nothing but come down. They will take you aside and share more distinctively as Ezra and the priests and Levi did with the people there about salvation. Is that one today that wants to make a profession of faith is Lord Jesus your life. We invite you to come. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.